back here with Terry Rapp of National Liberty Alliance. We were discussing the goals of the national organization uh, with respect to steeding a a uh, uh, grand jury protocol um, in all state jurisdictions. Mr. Rapp? Yes. Well, you know, the, the uh, when they say all politics is local, uh, really all society is local, all, uh, all legal issues are local, and, and it only makes sense that the grand jury be local as well. Well, I, I would stop you quickly there and say you mentioned earlier Common Core, and I, at the time that is a perfect example of federal code, right, statute, some federal policy. Okay, and it may be relevant in one place, but irrelevant in some other place where you've got rural versus urban. And I think federal systems are a great example of how all politics is local, all community is local. And I think often that people part of the problem systemically in our society today, at least academically, when people are trying to learn is to learn that it's not an overarching centralized code policy or statute when you have federal rules they are there to be electively incorporated by the local jurisdictions that's you know you can't fit a square peg into a round school district hole somewhere else where such a statute would be irrelevant things are completely different uh from it's a very wide geographically speaking and demographically speaking um a continent that we live on yeah common core is exactly the prime example um, when you give the authority, or HIPAA, uh, or anything else, right? If you give the federal government the authority to determine what's going to be taught and how it's going to be taught, then it no longer becomes an education. It becomes a method of conveying to the the minds of putty whatever message the government wants to convey, and that may or may not be education right and i think to the minds of putty what one of the first things that needs to be put upon you know people who are learning is that these federal uh, rules and policies are a part of a toolbox you don't have to you know at the brunt of a gun implement them in your local jurisdiction where you'll you know you can but you don't have to if you don't know your fed nothing's more local than a federal system of government you have to know your fed you know if you don't that's when you're local that's a local problem um um so, uh, regarding the Fifth Amendment, I read something today that said it has never been incorporated through Fourteenth Amendment, or it's never been incorporated at the state level. To me, I like to hear that because that means that there's still somewhere some prevailing, overarching understanding that it's elect. You know, any you know, any amendment or additional agate tacked onto the. Declaration of Independence and the Constitution is essentially, hey, this is a tool. It's up for the states to use if they're interested. So the Fifth Amendment, which guarantees the grand jury, um, that's there for people to elect to implement at geographically local jurisdictions and in individual communities. Um, so how does how does that juxtapose with? with the NLA's national policy or goal or campaign to establish grand juries? Well, here, here's the, the interesting thing about grand jury. The, the, the history of it, the original grand jury um, uh, specified, although it was used previously but not in an official form, but the first official grand jury 
was the result of the Magna Carta, in that they assembled 25 men uh, to determine whether or not things were, were between the king and the landholders, the barons, if they were happening appropriately. Was he, you know, fairly uh, taxing them? Was Were his conscriptions okay or not okay, et cetera? So they had a, a, a group of 25 barons that would judge that. Well, that was the original grand jury. So from 1215 on, that kind of evolved. And in, in 17th century England, it really became quite perfected. And so when the, when the colonists or the pilgrims or the, or the uh, adventurers came to the, what was going to become the United States, they brought that grand jury concept with them. So it wasn't something that was brand new when they formed the government in 1776. It had been happening since 1600 when they first started coming to the United States, mm. or excuse me, to America. Well, what happened is when they created this federal government that we have now, our founding fathers very carefully left the, the process of grand jury work out of that constitution. In the original text of the body of the Constitution, prior to the amendments, you know, prior to the Bill of Rights, there is absolutely no mention of the grand jury. If there had been, one would think that they would have put it under the control of the judicial branch. But it, there's no mention there. There's no mention under the, the uh, executive branch or of, under the uh, uh, legislative branch. So the grand jury is totally supposed to be, by founding fathers, outside the federal government's purview. And they did that because that is, and that was intended to be, the people's check and balance. Mm -hmm. So when you read in the First Amendment that the people will have uh, the petition, uh, the right to petition the government for a redress of grievances, they didn't expect that you would have to go out and find somebody to elect to get your way or to point out that they were making a a mistake, you know, and they didn't, you know, they didn't think you could just stand on the street corner and holler that the law they just passed is illegal. They had a grand jury, mm -hmm. and that grand jury could, by its nature, determine that a law should be null and void, especially in its quote locality, the grand jury's local mm -hmm. jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. So. That was, you know, keeping that in mind that the grand jury is supposed to be outside the government, then the government has absolutely no authority over how many people it should be, what they can or cannot listen to. You know, the, none of the rules belong to the government. The rules belong to the people. And that's the focus of the National Liberty Alliance, is if we can reinstate that concept of the grand jury being outside the government, rather than being the captive, wholly-owned subsidiary of the judicial system that it is now, then we have, again, our check and balance, the people's check and balance of the government. Uh, and the people, just like with uh, the constitutional rule of law, as the, as the citizenry are put upon to essentially be I mean, I think that's it ends up being a moot point if you really, if, you know, if one realizes the philosophical place of the the people in the role of government in the United States of America. I mean, we are it. I often caveat to people you shouldn't personify the government. It is you. 
if there's a problem with it, it's either a problem with you or a problem with something that you are not doing because it should be it's designed to be very workable. It's, it's all handles and tools, you know. Um, at the same time, that does, however, put upon a responsibility on the citizenry or on the on the people to maintain and implement at all times an ethical high ground or, you know, you most undoubtedly run the extreme risk of becoming part of the problem, becoming part of the cottage industry of government, the bureaucracy that exists only to serve itself at the cost of the people. And that's something completely different. And the same thing can happen with, with, with any or any assembly, regardless doing whatever, you know, if, if it's an assembly of criminals, um, um, then, you know, who are committing criminal acts, then there's a problem. Um, you know, and, and you mentioned earlier Ferguson. I wasn't there. Were you there? I was not there. We weren't there. And as an investigative reporter, a, a journalist, and a reporter, you know, the grand jury, people, you know, it may have happened. Somebody may have died. It may. Have, I wasn't there. I don't know. There's a lot of hearsay. There's a lot of propaganda. I can tell you that. A lot of the things you hear didn't happen on the news. And a lot of the things that people hear on the news, they're hearing that because they're being made to hear that while they're con- concurrently being robbed by the people who are lying to them, so to speak, in some form or fashion. So, but any grand jury in any local jurisdiction, anybody, I'll, you know, I say this to any town, any jurisdiction, any mayor, you know, any local kid, you know, that jury, whatever ju- jury has a local jury has a right to find a no bill. You know, more so than anybody who doesn't have all the evidence or wasn't involved in the investigation or it wasn't an eyewitness. Okay, you just otherwise don't know all the facts. The grand jury is put in a position there to review facts. There was I'm I'm led to believe there was a grand jury because I heard there was a a, a no bill issued by a grand jury. Someone said facts or not, whether it occurred or not. But it's a regardless of whether it did or not, it's an excellent uh, uh, casebook study in the rule of law. We don't know. And, you know, they do because they were presented with all the evidence that was there. I will say this also, and I've mentioned this before to people. Any any community of size, the homeless population in Phoenix, for example, thousands upon thousands, a national destination for homeless people. And that makes them very politically powerful. You know, there may be some piece of paper in some other state that says these people hold no power. Okay? Because we, because they're, they're gross. Well, that's not true. You got a thousand of anybody, and there's you know, th- that's extremely politically powerful. And any, you know, old politician will tell you that. And the same goes for jails. Just because there's some, you know, so any local community, regardless of what some other extra local community might think of them, and particularly given the fact that they're the only ones with all the facts, and they're the ones who are put upon to manage our local community, when any local community you know, has the right to assemble. I'll get off the high horse there, but you mentioned that Ferguson, and it's a soft spot for me because it overlaps with my role as a, a media, you know, uh, uh, scholar. You know, I'm put upon to, at times to function as a communications consultant. And if I'm, you know, bamboozled by every piece of propaganda that comes across here, who wants to hire me is that? Who, what kind of, what kind of, uh, what kind of investigator or objective reporter can I be if I believe everything that somebody walks down the street and says? Well, that's exactly right. And my personal opinion on that is very simple. It's, you know, 1,500 miles between where I live and where that happened. Mm-hmm. And although I might have a, a, an opinion, I 
cannot make any educated decision uh, because I certainly don't have all of the facts. Mm. And, you know, I might, you know, try and use my opinion to sway somebody else, but I have uh, absolutely no authority to make a decision about who should be indicted or not indicted or what crime was committed or not committed. You know, I, I'll accept the fact that uh, somebody died. I'll, I'll accept the fact that somebody shot him. But other than that, you know, that doesn't automatically mean murder. You know, A and B don't always total C. And that's the purpose of a grand jury is to find out what do A and B total. Mm-hmm. And then you got their questions of demographics there as well. And I mentioned the, the homeless population in Phoenix as an example or prison populations. Prison populations are naturally high density, particularly prison populations, are naturally very politically powerful. You know that. They are. I, I might question that. <laughs> I don't know that they... They can be. Their issue is definitely powerful. And and I think what happens nowadays is, unfortunately, someone takes their issue and 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 project it on to their, uh, their desired outcome, so they're using it for nefarious purposes. You know, and, and, and they really don't give a fat rat's tail about the indigents, but they do care that there is that, that situation occurring. Sure. And they're just making hay while the sun shines. Right. It's, it's abhorrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, at some point, you know, then, you, then you've gotten this maybe arguably here to say, well, if you've got demographics who are more, there are more people in a demographic which is, which is said to be politically disenfranchised than there are in a demographic which is said to be politically enfranchised. And there are natural, uh, you know, implications regarding that as well. But now I'm talking like a sociologist. I am not a sociologist. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants me to be or they want me to study it more. So anyway, the um, National Liberty Alliance uh, recently uh, um, contacted all federal judges. Of course, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, made to understand um, with what message and why, uh, Mr. Well, Rapp. Our method to, to get recognition was uh, to band together. Uh, and comply with what very little guideline there is to becoming a grand jury. Mm. So we actually have grand juries in all 50 states. We might not be in all 3,150 counties, but we are for sure in all 50 states. And and just by the fact that we've banded together, you know, we've we've formed a mutual association that say we think there's some crimes being committed, and since there aren't any instructions on how to form a grand jury or, or uh, how to, to act as a grand jury, we feel that we are the people and we decide that. And that's, I would call that a function, that is what I would describe as an exercise of freedom of press, Terry. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's, again, the First Amendment, freedom of association. So, you wrote it down. In, in, the, uh, in, the, in doing that, we know that, just as a group of people down on the corner, we have no power, no authority. But it, it also says that we should be able to operate under the auspices, not the control, but under the auspices, under the recognition of the judicial system. And that, our, the, for example, the cost of our doing business as a grand jury should not have to be uh, borne by the people participating. It's really a service of the community, and therefore we should be supported by the community. 